Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi everyone, Tara Williams here with the Mom Manual. I have a fabulous guest. Her name is Shay Young. She is the founder of Namu, which is an infant formula that molecularly matches breast milk. Wow, that is amazing. Shay Young, welcome to the podcast. Hi everyone, my name is Changshin. Thanks so much for having me here today, Tara. Um, I'm a chemical engineer um, who has gone through a lot of health, food, gut health-related issues, and now I'm on a mission to provide the next generation with better nutritional options um, and increase transparency into the foods that they're eating. Particularly right now, I'm working on a company called Namu, human spelled backwards, um, and we're trying to make infant formula that is closest to human breast milk at the molecular nutritional level. Okay, for anyone listening, she's really smart. (laughs) So this is a really interesting one because oftentimes when we have a person who starts a baby company, it's a lot of times it's moms because they're seeing a gap in the market for their own baby, but you do not have children yet. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why did you think to look into infant formula? I guess there are two sides to that. One is because I was a 100% formula fed baby. And now um, I hope, you know, moms listening to this don't freak out. But I was, I was a very sick child when I was born. And also I did not react that well to formula. Um, I'm one of the very few cases, hopefully, who responded, uh, you know, in that, in that severe way. Um, And unfortunately, I faced a lot of gut health problems, um, immune related system problems. uh, When I was growing up, still have a couple of autoimmune diseases that I'm battling with. And even now, if I don't eat fiber for like a three, three, four days, I start getting stomach aches. Mm -hmm. So nutrition, keeping up with my gut microbiome, that's a big part of my life already. And then through my technical training, I was trained as a chemical engineer is when um, I really learned how to make different molecules in a cost effective way, large scale. So, you know, molecule and ingredient manufacturing, that's my expertise. And and that was when I realized, hey, actually, there there are a lot of breast milk components that we could make so that we can put them in infant formula so that formula would resemble uh, much closer uh, to to breast milk. Yeah, and that was when sort of the two worlds collided, my uh, career and my personal life, they collided. And I was like, wow, okay, I have to fix this for the future generations. And also if it's my baby, uh, my future baby is more likely to have uh, sort of my health problems. Um, So I don't want to be stuck in that vicious loop of, you know, me uh, having a baby and that baby not getting, you know, good enough formula. And then also that vicious loop starting again. So, um, so in doing it for many reasons, uh, one, it's a, it's a problem that I saw can solve um, from my technical background. Two, um, I want really the future generation to be healthier. And three, I, I, I really hope that my future babies can benefit from this too. Yeah, I love that. Very mission driven. 
So today she's going to give us some lessons or tips, takeaways for anyone who is right now considering moving from breastfeeding to formula. If you want to do formula because that fits your lifestyle, whatever reason you are thinking about breast milk versus formula today, she has all the answers for us. So our first topic is going to be whatever you choose is best. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. And this must be the uh, most frequent question that I get from mothers um, is, so what should I do? Like, should I, you know, life is hard, breastfeeding is really hard, but is it worth it is a question that I get. My answer is nutrition at the end of the day is only a part of a baby's happiness. A mom's happiness and mom's sanity is a big part of a baby's happiness as well. And everyone's situation is very different. Um, so at the end of the day, if a baby's fed and moms are happy, that is the solution. And at the end of the day, you've made the right choice and there's no need to feel guilt because everyone's situation, like I said, is is very different. Yeah, and this is, um, I think it's the biggest, you know, as I, I have four children and especially with my first I thought if I choose to use formula, then even one time, then I will change her gut health. That that was the impression I had. And so I literally killed myself to exclusively breastfeed my first daughter because I had a job that I was traveling Monday through Friday. So I was on a plane, off a plane all week long. I was bringing it through TSA. I, it was really a nightmare. I had milk on ice. I mean, I feel like I probably did a worse service for her because half the time I know that milk wasn't at, you know, it was out of a refrigerator. I was traveling on planes with it. Like it wasn't at the optimal coolness. And then when she was, I want to say four or five months, I brought her to get her monthly check and they were like, oh my gosh, she is way lower. You know, her, her weight had gone down a lot. And really, I was like starving her basically because I just thought I should not give her formula at any cost. And I was not making enough milk for the calories that she needed. And so my pediatrician was like, you have to introduce formula. And I was like, no, but I can't like, because then I'll hurt her like in the future, she'll have this bad gut health. And, you know, so I, I just remember being, I mean, it, like frantic about it and it really was a bad experience. Um, and I wasn't empowered with understanding, like if you give your baby formula once, you're not going to change their whole life. So can you speak to that a little bit? Like what that looks like for exclusively formula fed, exclusively breastfed or people who choose to do a mix? Formula is safe. And formula, it's not like smoking. It's not yeah. like alcohol. It's still a very good nutritional source for babies. And also how formula affects babies, uh, for formula versus breast milk. Like, is it is there a really big nutritional difference is also a, a question that I get asked a lot. And there the answer is, you know, at the end of the day, it's nutrition. Just like as an adult nutrition, um, you know, you can eat really badly one day, but then you can make up for it. It won't, it won't kill you overnight. However, mm -hmm. the accumulation of bad nutrition over time, or I guess less optimal nutrition over time, that could lead to long-term health effects. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, formula is only fed for a couple of years as well. 
Right. Um, and also just like as an adults for healthy babies, for healthy adults, they actually would be healthy um, or the, the intake of less optimal nutrition uh, won't be a big deal for them versus for the most vulnerable populations, people who have heart conditions, uh, you know, have had, um, you know, cancer, you know, they need to be eating extra healthy to be making up for that. So very similarly, the reason that I reacted very adversely to formula was probably the fact that I was born very weak um, and had sort of different issues as well. So it, it's similar to that. And nutrition, I'm a firm believer that you can make up for it over time, there are, I want to say no definitive researches that say that breastfed children versus formula fed children, their performance is different at after 10 years or more. So, and when you say performance, mm -hmm. are we talking about like brain health? Are we talking about gut health or all everything? The gut health problem is what people are tracking right now. I don't think I've seen a long-term study that tracks gut health because, you know, the gut microbiome movement, that's only become a thing in the past decade or so. Um, but people have been tracking a lot of the, uh, the the brain development. And after 10 years, there has been no definitive study on, you know, how that would affect a baby's uh, brain development. Um, and I'm 100% formula fed. I think I did just fine in school. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, that that makes sense. So so really, they can kind of take the worry out of if you need to supplement and you're really trying to to do um you know three months or six months or a year. And I know the AAP has just come out and said they recommend two years of breastfeeding. What is your thoughts on that? I want to say that the person who's making those calls um, must be a guy. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I know well, I haven't breastfed myself. I have a lot of uh, friends, families who are breastfeeding, and I know it's it's not easy. I don't like how it comes across as stating like a very high bar for most women uh, to do. But I, I think if I were to interpret their intent as a nutritional expert, you know, breast milk is superfood. Um, so it's like the plus alpha that you can do. But just like you don't like I, even though I care about my nutrition a lot, I, I don't eat superfood every day. It's not like I only eat superfood, but I do know that it's like an extra plus. I, I don't know. I, I do feel like it puts a lot of burden on the mothers uh, to have that long of a recommended time period when actually the work environment doesn't really support it, um, you know. All, all most of my friends are embarrassed about breastfeeding in public. So, and there are no, you know, pumping or breastfeeding in bath, public bathrooms are very disgusting and hard to do. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's, 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 it's not fair for them to put so much burden on moms, but I do know what, what they're trying to get at. Yeah. I mean, it's the best thing ever for babies, but it's a very high bar. But when we, when we look back to that recommendation and, you know, you and I just discussed that it's, it's okay to do formula or a combination, then why even, why are they making that recommendation? Like, what is the science? They, it's an evidence-based document. So it has to be based in something like, mm -hmm. where are they coming up with that? I really want to tread carefully here because I don't want to say that formula is a bad thing. 
Um, so I hope that um, that message gets across. But formula and breast milk, they're different. Mm-hmm. In terms of the high-level nutrient requirements um, and the safety for babies, um, they're just as good. However, when it comes down to the molecular-level nutrition, yeah. they're different. And what I mean by molecular level nutrition is that it's not just how much carbs, how much proteins, how much lipids, but it's more about what type of carbs, what types of proteins, what types of lipids. I guess to to make an analogy, you know how we have like different sweeteners in our lives, but just because they're sweeteners, they're not all the same, right? We have like fructose, we have glucose, we have sucrose, um, we have stevia, we have all these sorts of different sweeteners that have different effects on our body. Um, but they're categorized as sweeteners. Similarly, carbs or proteins, lipids are not all created equally. And breast milk is very, very special and unique in nature. And it's very evolutionarily catered towards a baby's well-being. Mm-hmm. So molecularly, breast milk is very different from formula because formula is not created from a human milk source. It's created by uh, piecing different um, nutrients from the nature to make it closest to breast milk, but still the the molecular at molecular level, they're very human milk, unique nutrients that are out there, and those provide for that extra difference in the in the uh, quality of nutrition um, and the performance difference ultimately. So we're talking about eating a a bowl of blueberries versus a blueberry based smoothie from a company kind of thing. Some, something along those lines. Yeah, something along those lines exactly because of a, a blueberry, let's say it's a synthetic blueberry smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not actually made up from blueberries, but blueberry like or blueberry smelling molecules that companies find and put together, but it's different from the actual blueberries. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that definitely makes sense. I know that recommendation had a lot of people scratching their heads for sure. Okay, moving to the next takeaway, choosing the formula. So I think what you're saying on the molecular differences is a really great segue to this. So for the mom that is choosing formula, what are some of the keywords, catchphrases? Do we want organic, DHA, DHE? What are all the things that they should be looking out for? Ultimately, you know, babies are also individuals. Whatever formula the baby responds to well, um, it's probably a good choice. And also at the end of the day, formula, infant formula, nutrition doesn't vary that much from Mm. company to company uh, and within the company, different product to product, actually. Um, Because if you think about it from a company's perspective, it's actually unethical to make the the cheaper brands or the cheaper products, Mm. low-cost products, crappy nutrition, and then the premium products, really, Mm. really high nutrition. So which which makes the, the product differentiation or the gap or the difference between the premium formulas and the regular formulas pretty, pretty narrow. Mm. Yeah. So between different brands as well, too, I know if something is obviously better nutrition, other companies are forced, somewhat forced to follow it. So most of the formulas are, are very much within similar spectrum of nutrition. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that they're all good. <laughs> they're all very similar. Um, and the slight differences um, on how your baby responds to it, that's for the baby to decide and for, for you to observe. And then if that baby's happy, then it's good. That's really interesting. So is that a uh, FDA? I'm trying to think of which government agency, FDA or some kind of agency that says 
you know, if a brand Similac, for example, discovers a way to make this healthier, every other formula company has to follow suit? No, there isn't such a rule on that. But again, it has to do with like ethical parts as well. And for formula, unlike PARS, right? But someone might I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to speak in really dumb language. I don't really know anything about cars. I don't know why I said cars as an example. <laughs> um, maybe bags, maybe bags. Someone might like um, a top handle bag. Another person might like a, like a cross shoulder bag. Another person might have like smaller ones or big ones. So they're like personal preferences. But right. for infant formula, the preferences there are all unidirectional, whatever is healthiest. So that's why unlike sort of different products trying to differentiate in multiple ways for formula the product innovation and differentiation is not it's not too much there it's it only exists on the marketing side so on the nutritional quality side all the companies are sort of moving along uh, with the innovation timeline sort of as a group together that's, that's really interesting and this is this is not something that i um, ever experienced with any of my four kids, but I know there are different ones that I, I know when you walk down the aisle, there's, there's a whole bunch of options, right? So some say that they're, I don't know, lactose intolerant or like there's different sensitive tummies or, you know, there's, there's all these kind of like different ones for babies who can't digest. Let's, let's say baseline formula. What are some of those like differences and, and is that legitimate? What is changing in there? I want to say most of that is actually marketing. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Uh, the lactose intolerant ones that I do want to say something on, uh, those are different actually, okay. because the, the lactose intolerant ones don't contain lactose. Okay. Versus um, regular formula contain lactose. Okay. Even breast milk contains lactose as a main carbohydrate source. So there is no definitive you know, scientific evidence that says lactose is is better than other carb sources. And this is what a baby needs. Right. However, for the lactose intolerant part, lactose intolerance is very common in adults, but very, very not common in babies, actually. Oh, it's okay. About as uncommon for babies to be born with lactose intolerance as it is for you to have identical triplets. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's super not common. So it's then common. I guess I'm thinking of maybe babies who are, because there is some common thing that I hear a lot of people like maybe they're colic or they can't maybe they're not lactose but they can't metabolize or process formula I feel like that's pretty common no yes uh-huh and you know also on the grand scheme of things they're they're new at the whole digestion thing they're, they're getting used to intaking different foods and then learning how to digest so they will have problems so as a baseline uh, but then on top of that, the, the problem of that they could have more it would be related to the type of proteins, actually, uh, that get introduced from a formula because those proteins are uh, mostly from cow's milk. Although like cow's milk and breast milk, they're all white. The cow's milk have cow milk proteins and human milk has human milk proteins. Human right. milk proteins are optimized for human babies versus cow milk proteins are optimized for uh, cow babies. Yeah. <laughs> Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep, the Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. 
Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wit's end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now we've got a special discount exclusive to mom manual listeners. Use code MOMMANUAL15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in rest? Um, so that could be the problem. That makes sense. Okay. And then if we're talking about all of these being fairly similar, you know, is it safe to say that you could buy a brand name, like a Similac at Target at, you know, for let's say $10 for, I don't know, 12 ounces, you know, whatever it is, or you could buy a Costco brand and get 48 ounces for $12 and you're getting effectively the same thing. I wouldn't call it the same because uh, I don't know their exact, exact formulations, but pretty similar is, would be my guess. Yeah. The, the lactose and the non-lactose versions, those would be actually the biggest difference. Okay. But other than that, I think it would be fairly, fairly similar. Also, there are only four big players in the United States. Um, so most of the, the big, you know, Costco or Target brands, they're made by one company. Mm. Um, and it's a very trusted company and, and which has, you know, very, very high number of scientists and you can trust them is, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Okay. That that's good to know. So four players in the U S so pretty much if you live in the United States, you are getting a good formula, regardless of the brand name, or at least what it says on the packaging mm -hmm. and regardless of where you're buying it. Correct. Um, that's, that's really comforting to know. I don't know if this is even still going on, but there was a formula shortage for a while mm -hmm. right what was happening there and is that still going on i think it's still going on if you look if you go to the grocery store still the aisles for formula um there's not much on there but i did hear similac or abbott uh just restarted the plant that they had the contaminations in so hopefully there will be more similac products out there on the shelves that's actually due to um, there only being four big players, as is with every industry. If there are too few players dominating the market, um, then, you know, there is no backup companies to come and provide for the supply chain. So, you know, if a big company then goes down, then there there's a gap to so the what, entire supply what, chain. What did happen? There was a contamination, you said? Yeah, there was a contamination at one of their plants. And, and, and contamination of, like, what, what does that mean exactly? Contamination of a certain bacteria. They had to stop running the, the factory for a while um, and then, like, you know, really work on the decontamination process and started ramping up the manufacturing again afterwards. 
Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And can you talk a little bit about your company? Are you guys on the market yet? We're not. So unfortunately today I can't say, oh, come and then buy us yeah. our formula, but we're, we're starting out our project breast milk, which is to collect a lot of breast milk samples so that we can analyze them and create the best recipe for um, formula. Surprisingly, there are a lot of studies done on human breast milk at like high level nutrition, but at the molecular level nutrition, there aren't that many studies. Okay. And I was very surprised to learn that because human milk is like, breast milk is, has been around for a long time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was just shocked to see that, you know, there are so many researchers that are going into like firm count and uh, things like that <laughs> versus yeah. like breast milk. We don't really know. Uh, right. What's there. Yeah. So um, that's the first step. We're trying to get the recipe that's closest to human breast milk. And we have a lot of researchers who are working on how to recreate some of these human milk unique nutrients. And we hope to launch our formula by the end of 2024. That's amazing. You know, you had just mentioned that a lot of the formula that's on the market is very similar, not huge differences. So what would be different about what you guys are trying to do? What we would be doing is we would concentrate on matching the molecular similarities. So molecule by molecule, putting in only the human milk-like nutrients into the formulation is our goal. And also, um, my firm belief is that the formula is closer to breast milk or it is not. And I feel like for the past several decades, the innovation in formula has been very, very slow. It's It might be hard to say that they've even made any progress. But for us, like we want to make progress in a, in a very transparent manner. Uh, we hope to launch our first formula and by the end of 2024, but then that's not it. We're going to develop better and better, more human milk-like nutrients so that just like iPhones, one is an upgrade. Uh, we want to be continuously upgrading our formulas and make it clear to the, the consumers about it, not just brand it as, oh, do you want gentle or advanced or, you know, Nero or like pro or like all not throwing in all those like very confusing words uh we want to make sure that step towards innovation is very clearly communicated well i i think it's really exciting because like you commented there's you know there's four big players and when there is um a barrier to entry that is so high for something like infant formula just it's it's not easy for startup companies or you know small you know anyone that's not this huge well-funded machine to really enter the market and when when you don't have those additional entries then there is no innovation so i think this is really exciting what you guys are doing um i'm really impressed by it and i congratulate you so going on to our third takeaway and we we talked about this a little bit already but you know how big of a deal really is it choosing between formula or breastfeeding. And you mentioned a little bit already, long-term, there's really effectively no difference, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there any study that you would want to mention or, you know, any articles that have come out or anything that, you know, kind of cements that what we're saying here is, you know, based on science, we've done 10 years of research where we followed breastfed children, or have they done any twin studies? Or is there anything that you can point to to share with the listeners? Well, first of all, for, from the scientific perspective, um, the, these are very, very difficult studies to, to design. 
actually right. and almost unethical because <laughs> You know, if you provide one twin like formula and then another twin breast milk for, just for the like the study of it, that's like unethical, right? And most parents um, aren't gonna agree to that, right? Exactly, exactly. So how the studies are done is just to track. Mm-hmm. So instead of like recruiting a group of babies and then feeding one group and then another group, it's more done on okay, here's a breastfed baby. Let's track how they're doing. Yeah. Or, or he, here's a, a formula fed baby. Let's track how they're doing. So it's sort of more of an observation studies, okay. which make it really hard for um, for other uh, factors to be controlled. For example, moms who have better jobs or you know have better maternity leaves might be able to breastfeed longer. So all yep. of those socioeconomic yep. um, factors are factored in. So okay. at the end of the day, most researches are inconclusive or not definitively conclusive. Um, so they're all in gray zones. Also, there is no proof that, oh, okay, these don't matter absolutely either. Yeah. But I think um, Professor Emily Oster wrote a lot about that um, as well. Uh, she, I know that she's looked at a lot of different researches and I think she has a book out there. I, I love reading her stuff. So she talks about the type of stuff that I already talked about. There, there nothing is conclusive. And it makes sense because it's nutrition and it's only a piece of a person's well being. Yeah. And I think that that really is, you know, if, if anyone listening today takes one thing away from it, that this is really whatever you choose to do is best. And the nutrition is just one piece of the overall puzzle. And don't be like me where you are seriously, like I, I think I was, you know, going into like almost an anxiety attack, trying to get this milk back to my baby. And then ultimately I was doing her a disservice by borderline starving her because I just thought I cannot do formula. And, you know, I think it's great as a mom to set a goal for yourself. So I said, I wanted to set the goal to breastfeed my kids until six months. And a couple of them, I was able on my fourth, I was able to breastfeed till nine months. Cause I worked from home in my second daughter, I was traveling again. I could only really breastfeed for about three months. And, and I just had to resign to say, this is, I'm feeding my baby. They're getting nutrition and I'm able to do it in a way that I'm not driving myself completely crazy. And then being a bad mom in every other area, because I'm just trying to make this milk. And for women who don't make enough breast milk, like it's, it's okay. You're not, there's so much mom guilt and shame around the breastfeeding topic um, that I just want everyone to leave here today, knowing whatever you choose is going to be best. And you know, best as a mom. So I, I think that's just very important piece. Absolutely. Um, Can I add in one yes, quick thing? Please. Yeah. And like what really angers me actually is how much guilt moms face and how much pressure a mom faces when it comes to that decision. And at the end of the day, it's not for the moms to feel guilt because she only has a few choices to play around with. So I think the pressure should be on, say, the government or companies to come up with better products. Because uh, a formula is much better than it is now. And even like short-term performances, there's like very little difference. If we can say that, then there would be much less guilt, right? Right. And can a mom make better infant formula? No, she just doesn't have the like choices, right? Right. So I think the pressure should be set on the makers of the policy instead of just saying, falling back, oh, you just breastfeed for two years. No, you give me better options or also like better environment to breastfeed. 
Mm-hmm. too because i have a friend who's like oh like breastfeeding was so hard i had to delay going back to work because i just couldn't work in lab and breastfeed at the same time so yeah. it's just uh, i i'm very sad and angry at this entire situation i mean yeah. i know that it's not an easy world for for women and moms and working moms especially but yeah it's a it's a very messed up area where i feel like the, it's the moms that are getting the short side of the stick yeah, no, I, I I absolutely agree. Any other thoughts on on these topics? So much more, but I know I know we time. really could talk for hours and hours. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But I think we covered a decent amount today. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into our really quick fire round. So, what are you currently binging on TV? I actually am not currently binging anything right now, surprisingly, because I like you know I, I love binge watching TV. Surprisingly, the last thing that I binge watched was the second season of Bridgerton. <laughs> okay. Um, what's the most recent book you've read? Um, it's on, it's called Ageless, um, and it's on um, aging technologies. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, what is a productivity app that you use? I don't use too much. Uh, Google, Google Calendar, probably. I put everything on my calendar and just live by it. Yeah. I love it. Um, and what is your last one? Go to de-stressor. Yoga. I love that. Awesome. So for anyone who wants to follow you and learn more about what you're doing, where can they find you? Um, yeah. So our website is called wearenamu.com. Uh, you can find us there. You can also reach us on Instagram. Um, we are lower dash namu. Um, and also on Twitter, we are namu. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today.